if I'm typing really hard on my keyboard when we are recording, then I have a lot of editing to do. I don't like editing. <laughs> but we are ready to go. Oh, the show that I, before we get started, the show that I was going to watch is called The Frankenstein Chronicles. Mm. I never watched it. Me neither. It, there's actually, two seasons of it on Netflix. It's on my list. Anyway, <laughs> let's not talk about stuff before the show. Let's talk about stuff in the show. Okay. What's coming out next week? Oh, wait. Let's wait for the show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Welcome to Two Nerds, maybe more, with your host, Michael Sarsinski, and Martin Lasset. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of Two Nerds, Maybe More. I'm your host, Michael, alongside my co-host, Marty. Marty, how are you doing today? I am... I'm doing fine, Michael. (laughs) I mean, I could be better, but uh, luckily, uh, what will get me in a way better mood is when we're going to talk about, you know, the political situation that's going on right now in Spain. Now... As much as I appreciate a cultured view on things, I would like to remind you that this is not a political podcast. In fact, we are a podcast about video games. And sometimes we talk a lot. Sometimes we actually get the words out and we talk about just a little bit more than video games. So, of course, we're going to start off with anything that we may have been watching, which is for me, I'll start off today. Oh, took the big breath in, and then yeah, I took it I, you away know what, from you. Know you. What, I, you know, th- th- this this is a big anniversary. It's the tenth episode, and I'm like, ah, oh, come on, this is getting old. The same old jokes. You know, let's start about what we've been playing. It's a gaming podcast, right? Oh, uh, see, I think we have different views on that because I consider it to be <laughs> a classic, uh, a classic way of starting. There's a difference between old and classic. Fair enough. All right, what have you been watching then? Um, just I've been watching the Mythic Dungeon International, which is the uh, World of Warcraft dungeon race scene of the professional players on that end. Last mm-hmm. week, I believe it started, which uh, was with the EU and the Asian countries, I believe. I could be yeah. a little bit wrong on who was represented there. And then this week is NA. And I watched the first series, or a bit of the first series with Method NA and I always enjoy watching things like that. Like just pro players doing things better than you can ever hope to do. Is, make it look so easy. Don't it's they? like watching sports on TV. You know, like I can throw a football, but I can never be a quarterback. So <laughs> um, it's really interesting for me to to watch it and see something that I play and then just do it at a completely different level. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. I mean, even. Uh, if it's MDI, if it's Arena, if it's like Rocket League, whatever it is, mm-hmm. watching the pros play, it, it's it's so amazing, and they make it look so easy. And then I go in there, and I'm like, hey, are we actually playing the same game? I don't get what's going on here. Yep. So that's pretty much all I've been watching. I know normally I have like a Netflix thing or something that I've been watching, but this week I've pretty much been wrapped up in the game that I've been playing. But we'll talk about that in just a little bit. So, have you been watching anything? Movies, shows? What's going on over there? 
Yeah, I mean, I do. I, I haven't really been binge watching anything like I've been doing the past nine episodes. <laughs> so I, I don't really have too much. Um, I, I do have, you know, a few series that I'm watching at the moment, but it's like stuff that I want to talk about a little bit mm -hmm. later because it's stuff that's still going on. It's on a weekly basis. So I'm not still still not through with it. Um, but I actually did do something that I don't really do too often anymore, and that is watching a movie. Woo. Um, I because normally I go to the movies. I yeah. Go to the cinema. I, I, I don't know what it is. I'm just so bad at watching movies at home. I really love to go to the cinema. But I actually did uh, watch a movie uh, because you, you know we can't really go to the cinema at the moment. So yep. uh, um, and I was I'm a little bit behind on some of the stuff. And uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, the newest entry into the Mission uh, Mission Impossible series, and uh, I quite enjoyed it. it. It's a long movie, but it's action packed and it's it's right down my alley. I don't. I mean, I'm one of those persons who who, who don't mind Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I I don't know. I just really love this series. I love all the side characters that they have built up uh, that have been added over the, the series and stuff like that so i don't know it's just it's like it's not you don't really have to think it's just like coming home uh, mm -hmm. it's it's just nice i like it um i've watched a few of the of the mission impossible movies and i saw that this one was getting pretty good uh decent reviews at least i think i think that when it comes to movies people like to put their personal uh opinion on an actor mm. in in place of a review of the movie. So I can never really trust certain aspects of when people say, Oh, the movie sucked because I'm like, okay, like did the movie actually suck because it sucked or do you just not like Tom Cruise? So you're saying everything mm. that he's in is garbage or you hated the mummy remake that they did. And you, <laughs> you still, still can't let it go. That. I still, I haven't, still haven't seen it either. I'm mm. really nervous too, especially with Selena who she loves the original mummy remake. Because for those who don't know, there is a mummy before that one that that movie is kind of loosely based on, which is a old, old black and white film, I believe. Um, but the original mummy remake with Brendan Fraser, mm -hmm. Selena really loves that one. So if I watch the mummy, I probably can't watch it with her because she doesn't want her her franchise to be tainted. <laughs> the only thing is, well, first off, I haven't seen the movie. I don't know if it's good or bad, uh, The Mummy, uh, with Tom Cruise. Um, but I'm just so sad that it flopped like it did because they wanted to do a whole dark universe. And I'm yeah. like, if they had done it right, it could have been amazing, I think. But it seems like they didn't do it right. But I don't know. I haven't seen it. so I don't know. My worst do fear is that I'll watch it and really like it. Yeah, <laughs> and then everyone will be like, "Are you stupid?" Like, uh, so I tend to like things that people don't like. Uh, for instance, did you watch? This is a bit off topic, uh, okay. but we're on it, so I'm gonna go go with it. Um, <laughs> did you watch the Evil Dead remake? Oh, uh, I don't know. Did they? I've, I, I've seen some of them. I'm not sure which one it is. I've seen the one with the. Oh, what is face Campbell Bruce Campbell Bruce Campbell okay um so not the TV show if you no, watched that one okay no. so there was like a TV show that had Bruce Campbell and then there were the original three movies mm -hmm. that had Bruce Campbell and people tend to forget what the original two Evil Dead movies were like the first one <laughs> was like just kind of it was an attempt at horror mixed in with like some comedy aspects. And then the second one kind of like 
what did it, it it kind of forgot about the first one like it just <laughs> pretended like it didn't exist and it yeah. just like revamped it and added a little bit more slapstick comedy and then mm-hmm. the third one went over the top and that's the phrase <laughs> that everybody knows like the give me some sugar baby like, yeah. <laughs> all those little one-liners and things like that and then the remake went dark and it was more of like like the people had a reason for being in the cabin. Like they were trying to save their friend from like drug abuse and things like that. And Mm. obviously things are going down, but I really liked that. And I went to go see it with someone and it was like a group of us. And they were all like, thought it was stupid. It wasn't like the original one. And I'm like, which one are you talking about? Because if you just compare it to the original evil dead, it went that route that the original one was trying to, convey initially i'm like it's not trying to be army of darkness with Mm. crappy gargoyle things flying all around (laughs) um, or simple one-liners so that's my thing is i'm afraid that i'll like something that everyone else is just like no you're stupid for liking it (laughs) yeah i mean i think it's always a little bit uh, dangerous with, with doing remakes of stuff because you know, people who grew up with, them, with with the original movies to have like you know certain feelings towards it, and they will expect something of the same thing and things like that. I mean, just look at Ghostbusters and uh, <laughs> the, the whole the whole female. Not not uh, not that I have anything against the female cast. I just think the st- story was bad. <laughs> the story uh, was bad, and the characters were stereotyped. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, because I think they could have done something awesome with it, and I, and I just think that they dropped the ball. And I think that the director shouldn't have. He came out before the movie had a premiere and basically, you know, dissed all the OG fans and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know what? This is going to suck, and it's your own fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm sorry to say that. And, and I watched the movie, and I, that's what happened basically. Yeah, um, but we could do a we could do a whole episode on our like on our remakes? favorite. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like our favorite remakes and the worst remakes and uh that's a whole different ball game right there but that's an interesting pin for later but michael yes speaking of remakes oh what a segue marty those don't come very often but <laughs> when he gets them there <laughs> i have been playing the final fantasy 7 remake and i tried really hard because i whenever i talk about it it comes out incoherent because i'm it's so good for me. It's so good. Like this is hands down probably the best remake I have ever played. It is already my game of the year. The I'm enjoying the started. I don't care. <laughs> I don't normally do this. I think the last time I claimed like a game of the year was the God of War remake that they did. Mm. Well, I don't know if you count that as a remake because it kind of like did a continuation of the story. So don't know what's going on there. But this one, I was so worried that it would have a lack of content because when they initially unveiled it, everybody was like, oh, my God, this looks amazing. Then you saw combat changes and you're like, oh, OK, let's see what they do there. And then there was also the big fiasco of, hey, guess what? The whole game is only going to take part in the first five hours, five or six hours of the original game. And this one is going to be episodic. Hmm. So it threw everybody off crazy. And even still people are arguing about it, but personally for me, if any of the other games that are coming out after this are anywhere close to this, I would gladly pay like a full price for each and every installment because Hmm. 
the way that they transformed like those five or six hours from the original game, I'm currently, I think like two or three chapters away from finishing the game. And mm-hmm. I'm over 25 hours in. Mm. They say like, if you just follow the story beats, do a few side quests and the game is going to last you around 40 hours or so, give or take. Um, for me, that's a pretty decent chunk of time. Oh, yes. I've been putting four or five hour sessions in on the PlayStation 4. This is the most action my PlayStation 4 has gotten in quite a while. <laughs> All right, since Kingdom Hearts 3. And I. Everything about this game is blowing me away. Not saying that it's perfect. Like, there are some, some things here and there that I wish were a little bit better. But, I mean, that's any game, right? Like, no game is perfect. There's always mm. something that you can do to make it just a little bit better. Um, voice acting I mean, is amazing. Music, amazing. Gameplay, amazing. Like, all the aspects that I want it to be amazing, it is. Nice. I mean, you do say that the perfect game doesn't exist. I mean, there's one perfect game that they can never make a good remake of, and that is Pong. Um, I prefer Pong in its original state, called Table Tennis. <laughs> um... <laughs> And have have you ever watched that 70s show? Uh, yes, I have. There's an episode in there where they talk about Pong. And he's like, so you're playing a game and the ball's going back and forth. And there comes a point where you just get too good at it. So what did I do? Smaller paddles. <laughs> so yes, it can be iterated. It can be better. <laughs> Fair enough, but no, it's it's good to hear that that you know that there is some some good remakes out there um, of remakes that just jumps to mind that I find is, is good was a good remake uh, because it was so fa- faithful to the original, but it basically just upgraded everything else like graphics, sound, and stuff like that. Is Spyro? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I really. I mean, it's it's not you know uh, it's probably not a crazy difficult game or, or, or anything like that but I just have so many good memories about playing mm-hmm. the original game and uh, uh, and now playing it again uh, I mean it, it's a total it's a great you know just turn off your brain sort of uh, game for me so and, and I, I, I don't know I still I still like it it, it still yeah, holds up I played a bit of the Spyro um, I didn't play the original Spyro so I can't compare mm. it um, I did play the Crash Bandicoot remakes as well mm. um, and I really enjoyed that they're difficult platformers for sure um, I know there was some controversy over I guess some of the jumping they said they changed it a little bit so it was actually harder than it was in the original I'm not oh. 100% on how that is um, but when when I thought about this remake as I was playing it, probably the best comparison in terms of people enjoying it and one-to-one would be actually the Resident Evil remake. Now, mm. the original, like, when Resident Evil 1 got remade and put on the GameCube, like, that version and then that version got an HD remake later on when it was put on PC and things like that. I'm not the biggest Resident Evil fan out there. Like, I really loved 4. And then I went back and I tried to play like one and even the remake. I'm just like, why are things so muddy in the wall? And why do mm. I have to just spam a button to interact with stuff and search all these items? It's not my thing. Uh, oh. But Selena loves the series. And it seems like the Resident Evil remake was pretty much like as perfect a remake as you can really do. And okay. I have to say that this one is definitely up there. It's a it's a weird thing because when it comes to remakes, I'm a little bit conflicted because in one way, uh, I I 
if if it's a good game that I enjoyed a lot, like for instance, uh, StarCraft got a remake, mm-hmm. Spyro has gotten a remake, then I'm all for it because you know I love those games and just getting going in there and playing them again, but you know with good graphics that works today and stuff like that. I think that is pretty cool. But on the other hand, I'm also having a little bit of a you know sort of PTSD from uh, the movies where it's so you know in at the moment you make remakes of everything like Disney going mm-hmm. through the whole back catalog and remaking everything as live action and uh, in some cases actually making worse versions and stuff like that my opinion at least um so uh, i'm like uh, i'm a little bit conflicted because if it's a game that is good that i enjoy and liked and it's actually a good remake then i actually think it's all right but on the other hand where is the originality where where is mm-hmm. you know the creativity why can they not make new games that are good and uh, it feels sometimes like it's an quotation mark easy uh, cash grab mm-hmm. um so yeah i don't know it's you know i yeah. was i i get it i was talking with somebody in uh Frasley's chat the other day where he i was talking about the final fantasy 7 remake and he didn't want to play it at all because of his emotional attachment and his love for the original game yeah and even though I was like singing the game's praises, like he just didn't want to do it because of that original experience. And I completely get. And I was trying so hard because I'm, I'm like, no, just like just just do it, like play it. <laughs> but then again, like the combat system might not be for everybody. Um, I will say that they they took a big risk in doing this remake the way that they did. Okay. They took a risk because they completely changed the combat. Um, they added story to the story that already existed. Um, mm. They might have changed a few things here and there, like not major, major things, but they might have changed some things that if you played the original, you'd be like, I don't like that. No, that's not how it was. But <laughs> I mean, remakes always tear. They always toe a line between how much do I change versus how much do I stay true to the original? And if you yeah. go too far in one direction, you're going to get hammered. You're going to get hammered by the original fan saying you change too much. We don't like it. Or yeah. you're going to get hammered by the original fan saying you didn't change enough. It's basically the same game that you're making me pay for with prettier graphics. So either way, it's a double edged sword, but that's pretty yeah. much all I've been playing aside from world of Warcraft and Hearthstone, but we've already talked about those. Um, yeah. Now we played a game yesterday. We did, but we uh, continued our, our Borderlands 3. Uh, I, I thought that I should probably, uh, it was best for my health to invite you to another gaming session uh, <laughs> in Borderlands 3. So so we did, and, and I don't know, it was, again, two, two and a half hours, something like that. We, we, did, we tend to, to have some long gaming sessions when it comes to that game. Um, yeah. But I don't know, we, we, didn't, we didn't do, I think we did one story part, and then we went back and did some side missions, and I actually quite enjoyed all the side mission stu- uh, stuff uh, because some of them are missions um, in this in the previous areas. But there's also you can discover things like crew, crew missions or crew challenges, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. um, which is just you know, I, I I'm a, I'm a sucker for stuff like that. I, I love open world stuff, so when you can go and find hidden stuff or, or new things to do in a map i, I just enjoyed it. it it it's i don't know it, it just triggers me in a, in a positive way i guess uh so yeah nope had, had a had a good time in, in borderlands 3 and and uh yeah definitely looking forward to see where the where the story will go yeah it's um it's a fun game it's very borderlands so if you've played a borderlands game like you know what to expect it's yeah. nothing crazy out of the ordinary it's borderlands tried and true yeah i mean uh, the only thing 
if I at at the moment uh, so far at least is uh, I think the menus or the UI is, could, could, could they could have mm. probably spent some time on updating it. I think it's pretty much one to one in Borderlands too, um, and it, it it can be. I think we had the issue that you know it was a little bit difficult to see if we had finished all the side missions in the area and stuff like that. So. I definitely think there is some room for improvement. It feels like they've just, you know, it's basically just an updated uh, and uh, Borderlands 2 with a new story sometimes. But I mean, on one hand, it's what we really enjoy and love, but I think they could just make some quality of life changes, could probably have, have just, you know, made it a little bit better. Yeah, I'm right there with you on that. I think also they could do a little bit more with, uh, we had some stability issues. In terms of, I think he got kicked out at some point. Yeah. Uh, and then there's nothing really pertinent that explains to you in-game quickly how to be like, oh, rejoin that game or mm. something like that. Uh, I just kind of wish that it was a little bit more intuitive there rather than having to cycle through menus and trying to figure out what's going on. And then yeah. the Steam overlay in terms of your shift tab join game doesn't always work the way you want it to. Um, but overall, I mean... It's it's fun. It's fun. Would I pay sixty bucks for it? Probably not. Uh, mm. No, I don't think so. But if you can catch it for like thirty bucks or lower, I'd say pick it up. And if you have a friend, play it with them. It's a bit more fun with other people. Yep. Then I know that uh, it's not something we do often, but I just quickly want to mention that I'm looking forward, and we'll probably talk about it next week because on Friday. Uh, so a little under a week from now, um, a new game will come out that I didn't even know was supposed to be released or anything. It was just all of a sudden it was there. It was like, hey, on the 24th, this game will be released. I don't know, Michael. Do you have, Now I've told you the release date. Do you have a, 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 a hint of what so it might be? So I saw be? something. Um, does it start with an X? It does. All right, I know exactly where you're going then. I saw this, yes. Yeah, but it because I posted it on on the Discord, I guess. Uh, XCOM is coming out with a new game, uh, Chimera Squad, which is, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it it, is the sequel to XCOM 2, as far as I I understood. It takes place about five years after, I think. Yeah, it does. And and this time around, uh, spoiler if you haven't played the sequel, the humans win! Yay, we won in in, in (laughs) XCOM 2. Um, So now we are actually trying to live together with aliens on the planet. But obviously, not all aliens are good aliens. Um, So we're basically, as I understand it, a police force of uh, both humans and aliens. And uh, and it's good old XCOM action, turn-based. And you know what? I just love the XCOM games. Uh, It was a game that I stumbled upon randomly on PlayStation 3 or something, I think. and, And I was like... Oh, this is fun. And then I played it for, I don't know, 60 hours straight. Uh, <laughs> well, not, not not quite, but something like, you know, I, it just it's just one of those type of games that I just really, really enjoy. Uh, so, so yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we'll definitely talk more about it. And uh, if you're interested in this game as well, then I can say that it's actually 50% off right now if you pre-order. Uh, which is... Through where? Uh, through where? Through Steam. Okay, okay. Uh, and I'm a little bit because you know what? I don't really like to pre order games anymore because you know, never really know what you're going to get. Uh, but on the other hand, 50% off, Michael. Yeah, if they give you a discount on it, then it makes it a little bit more lucrative. Like pre ordering something for 60 bucks, that's a whole different story. But uh, yeah. yeah, you know, I might do it. I do like the XCOM games. And to be fair, 
and honest, I have not beaten one of them. Really? Wow. It's not because like I don't get into it. It's just that something else takes over my time. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, the XCOM series is uh, tactical RPG games. Uh, Grid-based, you issue your units orders and they go out and they do what they're supposed to and you're trying to kill the enemy uh think games like final fantasy tactics um if you played that back in the day or a series i think the original fallouts a little Mm, bit a little bit no no that that one was more of like a Baldur's gate style i think yeah maybe um but xcom does go way back XCOM goes way back. Like it's uh, old school PC stuff too. If you go looking at the other ones, um, and if you like that genre, you'll like this one. Um, yeah. And we could do a whole episode on tactics-based RPG games because there's so <laughs> many good ones out there. Um, Into the Breach and the Disgaea series or Disgaea. Uh, but I'm looking forward to this XCOM. I want to give it a go. I might have to play XCOM 2 first, which means that I need to beat Final Fantasy 7. Uh, <laughs> I need to find a balance to get back to Divinity Sin. Um, so, yeah. So what do you say we move on? Speaking of like role-playing games, yeah. we thought we'd try something a little bit different today. Yeah. Uh, I, I just had a fun idea that maybe we could look into... Uh, we could pick a, a, a genre and just by accident, we picked this before and uh, I actually put... Uh, uh, XCOM into to the show notes. We picked RPGs, um, and what we were trying to do is, hey, what if we were game designers for thirty minutes and we need to come up with an RPG idea? What would it be? Uh, we might come back to and do this later on, but but with other genres like action games or whatever. Mm-hmm. But for today, let's talk a little bit about uh, RPGs. So um, yeah. I, I don't know how to do this. It's the first time, so trial and error, I guess. Yeah, so I think... So this is where we show how inept we are as game developers, because if <laughs> one of them were to listen, they would be like, this is not how you start game development. Uh, this is we not... You that, don't... We know that we want to make an RPG, and it should be $60. There we go. We're <laughs> off for a good start. So I guess we would start with setting. Like, what do we want our setting to be? Do we want it to be some fantasy-based thing? Do we want it to be, like, a space opera-style Star Wars thing? Um, Yeah. The thing is, I think when I think RPG, and and this is just me, then I usually think, uh, oh, then it's uh, humans, orcs, wizards, rangers, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. that kind of, of stuff. So, I mean, sure, we just talked about XCOM being an RPG as well, and, you know, other games does exist, but I, I think the go-to is not usually like a fantasy universe. And I love fantasy RPGs. I tend to play more fantasy RPGs than I do, like, futuristic uh, RPGs. Yeah, but so. that, that's why I want to then not do it, because that's what oh, everyone okay. does. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, but I don't really know what the setting then would be because the thing is when when I started because I've been thinking about this a little bit was that well you can't really just can you make an RPG and set it in everyday you know present time would that even it's be possible would it Earthbound uh, Earthbound yeah. did an attempt at that um, okay where like the kid had a psychokinetic powers mm. but he was within a modern day world like his weapon is a baseball bat. Okay. Uh, he's like doing that so yeah you can do it what about this for a setting okay like a steampunk world mm. a steampunk world where there are still like 
magical elements to it. Like there are like creatures and magical elements, but it's uh, steampunk. So you have like mixtures of uh, like guns infused with magic and machinery infused with magic. And they kind of uh, found this world that can utilize both. Okay. Sounds, sounds interesting. So setting would be steampunk. Heavy, heavy typing. Sorry. Which means that Marty's going to have to come back and edit. <laughs> <laughs> With magic and such. Yeah, okay. I thought of that, and then also, I don't know how lucrative this would be, but even possibly like a Wild West type theme. Mm. I don't know why, but Wild West, I feel like, only gets one type of game. And that's like your action game which is your rock stars uh what is it red dead redemption like we had gun for a while there too um but those seem to be the only type of games that come out in that genre actually i think there well i know there is a xcom like game called i think it's just called wild west actually huh which is turn-based and you have your characters and stuff uh i I, it was all right. I don't think it was anything. I don't think it was super great. Uh, at least I don't know. I didn't get too far into it. It, it didn't. It didn't catch me as much as, as mm-hmm. XCOM did. But I think I believe it was just called the Wild West. Oh, okay. Um, and and it is. It, it was turn based. But yo, no. I I love a good gunslinger. Um, actually, I'm sort of thinking like I don't know if you ever read or or, or maybe just seen the movie. Um, uh, the Dark Tower by Stephen King. Um, um, I've read bits of the book, mm, which actually has a quite cool cowboy setting yeah. that also at some point turns into the real world. So it could be something like like that. Uh, mm-hmm. That could be cool. All right. So if we go steampunk with magic, mm. I would say the next thing to move on from would be what do we want our gameplay style to be? Uh, now this is. This is where things get a little bit even crazier in terms of what you want it to be because we do have your action RPG styles where think games like Kingdom Hearts where you're running around, the enemies are there, and then you engage in combat fluidly and just aggressively. Or there's like turn-based combat. Turn-based combat in its traditional sense of you issue like a thing to your person and then they do it, and then the enemy does their turn, and it goes. Or it can be more of like an active combat where everyone is simultaneously doing things. You're still issuing orders to your character, mm. but they have to like you have to wait for a bar or something to fill up before so, they can perform that action. So like Diablo, basically, yeah, yeah, Diablo, Volson. Um. That, that, that one is a, that one's different. That one's different. But that's the action RPG. Uh, oh, oh, Shim, you okay? No, I know what you mean. Sorry. <laughs> Think of. I, I know you don't have much experience with like Final Fantasy. Mm. So which, and Final Fantasy is like one of my favorite series. So when I think of RPGs, my mind immediately goes to Final Fantasy. Okay. Uh, And they've had several different combat systems throughout the uh, series. There was one where all of your characters would go. You'd issue their attacks, they'd attack, and then all the enemies would go. Mm. And it'd be like, okay, once all your guys are done, let the enemies go, then you go. That's turn-based. Yes, that's traditional turn-based. Then they iterated on that system where there's an active time gauge 
where your bar would slowly fill up and based on your character's speed, it would mm. fill up faster. Okay. And once your bar filled up, you could issue an attack or a magical attack or whatever. Oh, okay. And the enemies would have their own bars as well. So it would be more of like the fastest characters would be moving first. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So th- I, that makes yeah. sense. I don't think and... I've played anything like that though. Oh man, you're missing out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so there's things like that. And there's so many different ways you could do it. You could create a whole new style. Yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, for the sake sake of we only have like a, another twenty ish minutes, maybe we should not make our own <laughs> style. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. So I mean, and you also have like the, the turn based traditional. You also have mm-hmm. something like uh, Diablo and and Volson, uh, that style as well. I guess that also. Yeah. So, I don't know what would be what would be cool in a steampunk setting with magic, potentially cowboys. Uh, um, do you want it to be more of a large scale three D thing where you're roaming these large environments, or do you want it to be more of like a over the head perspective where like click here, your character moves there. So it's like, do you want direct control of your character in the sense of the camera is behind them and you're seeing it almost through their view, quite like third person over the shoulder, tactical style where it's above them and you're issuing them to move around? Um, I think I'm a little bit more of, of the top-down perspective here, the way you get the overview. That That's a little bit more RPG for me-ish. Um I would say okay. so, so. Yeah, something along the lines to yeah, a little bit more traditional, like. Or you could do it like um, how Dragon Age does it, where when you're roaming around the world, it's behind the character, like a three D, uh, like a third person view, and then once you get to combat, it gives you that hmm. that overhead option. I think XCOM tried to do a game like that as well, didn't they? Um, what is that enemy? Uh, no, not enemy within. Um. The bureau, it classified. Yeah, it didn't. Somewhere. It didn't get a very good uh, reviews. Right? No, I, I tried it a little bit and never really got into it. I don't know. Um, I didn't really like that. I think no, at least not the XCOM version. I haven't mm-hmm. really played Dragon Age that much. I mean, it, maybe it could win. Uh, maybe okay, so work. let's just let's just stick for this purpose. Let's just stick with over the head. Hmm. Um, like a so Diablo style over mm-hmm. the head or um, like wasteland over your head. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that in a game, I want I want there to be lots of customization ish um, customization within the character creation. Now, okay. So here's here's where I think we need to establish is. Is this going to be where we follow somebody and we build them the way we want to build them, or do we create somebody? I want to sp- I want to spend three hours in a, a character creation because that's my favorite game. And I'm going to just hit randomize and go. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that the challenge here is that I think that when you create when you create a game that has a character and the player controls that character and they follow that character, you're able to build the story a little bit, um, a little bit easier, you know, mm. cause it's like that character story. Yeah. You could build them any way you want, but yeah. it's still that character story. Well, in a game like fallout, I often feel like 
the story is there. I've created my own character, but the story doesn't quite allow me to uh, shape the game the way I would want to. Yeah, I I, I I understand you. Yeah, I actually think I'll agree with you that I, I really like a, a story that's tailored to a character. Uh, as long as it's not like Destiny where your character, because they try to, I think they try to, you know, uh, accommodate both type of players. Mm-hmm. The one that, you know, oh, this is my character, so he's not talking like that. Uh, and also the other kind where they're like, oh, I just want a, a story tailored to, to the character. I don't want him to be like a mute uh, the character is fully, you know, voiced, mm-hmm. and the story is there. I mean, maybe, maybe you have your own uh, choices of, of, you know, dialogue and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, but overall, uh, uh, but but yeah, it still it should still be a fleshed out character. Okay, so on that front, I think that it would be good to also have it where you can you can choose male or female character, mm-hmm. um, and even though it is like a preset character. I think that there should be at the get-go different customization outfit style stuff mm. where you can choose the way that your character looks. Yeah. And maybe each look has a different background and a different set of stats. So like you could kind of preset your character in a certain way. So like like oh this character wears a lot of heavy stuff. So they have all this heavy stuff. Um this character is more of like a gunslinger style, so they wear clothes that uh suit that style. Yeah. So it's still the same character, but you're able to preset what you might want its stats to be. And then you also have just a middle ground where it's just your average uh you can expand from there. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. There so we have we have setting, we have an overhead style, we have uh, character customization down. What would be your next go-to? Oh, that's a good point. Where do we go from here? Um, so we have created our character, we get into the world, um, which is a steampunk world. Is it? So it's sort of set in like, like a present-ish day. But well, you can choose. You can choose. You can choose for it to be like a modern day thing. You can actually choose like maybe it's an alternate timeline thing, mm. um, not necessarily stemming from. Um, or we could choose like a uh, like a certain point in history where something we changed that point in history, and then this is like the timeline that's skewed from that. Yeah. Uh, I think that I think we should set it in Copenhagen, Denmark, because I feel like that has two little games where Copenhagen, Denmark is. The there's same. a reason that there's two little games for that. <laughs> All right, I'm still, look, think... I'm still looking forward to Assassin's Creed Scandinavia or something. <laughs> I think maybe that's looking a bit too far ahead. Sometimes, like you just have like a general overview. Of... I guess like now that we have our hero, what's the hero's journey? Mm. Go Shakespearean, you know. Shakespeare always has like the hero's journey. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What's what's the hero's journey? Like, what is, um, what is our background, and why did why are we setting out on this adventure? Is it set in stone from the beginning, or is it something that happens within the game? I mean, I I, I mean the game. Will probably get a way lot bigger, but I really actually sort of in, really like when you have choices. A little bit like 
I mean, you do. You still have like you still in story wise you need to go from A to B. But how you get there, you can you have a little bit of influence on that. Uh, maybe think a little bit like um, a Mass Effect, uh, where you actually do have some choices, and and those choices do matter, and and the outcome of those choices will shape your journey a little bit. I mean, at the end you will end towards the where you are at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. But but the way you get there is, is can be different. I, I like that kind of, of, of stuff. Um, and I mean, I, I think it would suit the RPG genre as well, right? Mm-hmm. Because you, you do want to uh, roleplay a little bit, I guess. That's the idea, you know? RPG, um, right? I like that <laughs> idea. I also like the idea of the choices impacting who you can have as like companions. Like you mm. might find companions along the way, uh, people to assist you. Maybe there's like, in certain areas of the game, like certain settings, there are, think like Skyrim, Oblivion, uh, there are guilds and things like that. Mm. And you can join these guilds and stuff like that. But based on the actions that you've taken, like certain ones won't want you or maybe they heard about you. Um, I, My first thought is like the Thieves Guild like type deal where they heard about like your skills over in this other town mm. that you were pretty good and they put you through a trial to join their guild. So I think, uh, I think that would pa- fall into like secondary factions or things like that or side quests. Yeah. yeah um, so I like that. So, so I guess it's, it's your, your hero is sort of like, you know, he, he has a reputation. Uh, mm-hmm. so, uh, what, what was I thinking? Is he sort of like, because I love a good underdog story. Is, is he like mm-hmm. an underdog that has to, you know, over, overcome, you know, something really big and large and, and he don't really think he can do it. But at, in the end, you know, uh, if only you have the will, you can do and a good companions, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. Sort of of, of deal. Um. Oh, okay. So I kind of like the idea stemming from that that uh, you're not necessarily a hero that the world is looking for, but no. rather you and your companions working together help make this possible. Not necessarily like one person. Mm. Um, in the original Final Fantasy, it was the four heroes of light, mm. not just like one person. Like mm. your character ends up being one of those heroes, but there was like four of them, and it took four of them. And I like this idea of um, it's not just you. Like, yeah, you're the one that like you're the main focus for your for your person, but you need to uh, build with the people around you. Yeah, yeah, I I really like that because you know. As with most things in 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 the world, uh, you can only do so much yourself. Uh, you, mm-hmm. you you most likely at some point will need help from others. So yep, I I, I would like to promote that idea. <laughs> and then I also wanted to kind of have this idea of if it's a steampunk world mm-hmm. that there's still like depending on how far into a steampunk world we are. Like, I think that a lot of steampunk games, they're very embedded deep into, like, this is the way it's been for a long time. So everything is um, complete. Like, this is the way it is. Like, people have modifications and stuff like that. I think it would be cool if there's, like, um, we're not quite in, like, the very beginning of it, but we're in some sort of middle point mm. where people are struggling to, like, you have your people that are all for like the hybrid 
hybridization of like magic and machinery and then you have other sub faction groups of like pro pro magic or like mm. non pro magic and then you also have those that are like pro machinery um against like body modification and stuff yeah. like that yeah absolutely um, i mean that would also it would that could be some story beats and points in there yeah. where, you know you get to an area where people absolutely don't like that you have those kind of modifications so that could be some interesting storytelling just from from that alone so uh, yep sounds yeah I'd that like could it. also introduce other characters from like those different realms like you could encounter like a magic user that is fascinated by like the steampunk world of like machinery and all this other stuff but she was exiled from her family or something because she was fascinated with all that stuff and mm. they were like part of the old world or something and also you're going to have the opposite where someone absolutely, again, dislikes everything that you stand for, but you actually have to work together to reach the end goals towards the end, yeah. for, for instance. so That could be an interesting uh, chatter and team dynamics there. Mm-hmm. That could also lead into a gameplay feature where depending on who's with you in your group and your relation to them, you could provide buffs uh, or debuffs. Mm. to your party or not necessarily to your party but to certain characters yeah um based off of like their level of friendliness oh, i guess that would be an inter- an interesting system where you're basically uh i'm probably thinking of what's it called uh bum, 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 the, the, do you know that that's like a, a, a space game pixel a pixel game where you uh, have some some you basically land on a deserted well not a deserted but you land on 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 a planet and then you have to build a base and and, and stuff. Uh, oh, I don't remember what it's called right now. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but the thing is that you have to build your team and some of them. So so you have to you know uh, put together your team, which have mm-hmm. both positive and negative uh, stats. So what, one of them can be really good shooter, but maybe he's also lazy. Uh, yeah and stuff like that so so yeah so you could build a team around that and you have to you know weigh out the okay the the positive is that i'm really good in combat the negative is that you know uh, diplomacy is uh, not a skill that we have a high stat <laughs> number in uh stuff yeah. like that we, we we're good at fighting but we also a lot of the times end up in fights even though we didn't have to <laughs> things like that um yeah i thought it would be cool too like if you think about a there's always in an RPG like a move like inspire, right? Mm-hmm. Where like a character is able to inspire his comrades around him to, and then they get a stat buff. And I had thought about wouldn't it be cool if like there's like a steampunk, uh, like a machine driven individual that's trying to inspire the party, but a pure magic user doesn't like that. Mm-hmm. And instead of like listening to the character, like they're like, I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm a magic user and I'm above you. And they throw out like a frost bell but they do it without actually checking. And then the actual individual that was trying to inspire gets hit by a blast of it too. <laughs> like you hit the enemy, but you also hit. So it's like a, it's like a give and take. Like if you mm. were to, if you were to look at the skill and a little window was to pop up and it give you like a, in, this is what the spell does. It would say, can inspire teammates and build morale amongst your team. But if there are conflicting personalities, it may lead to them taking action into their own hands. Yeah. Or something along those lines. I don't know now, how... how you would balance stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know, know how you do that. Like, 
But isn't that also some of the fun with RPGs that you can just you can find combinations of things that is like, oh my god, this works so well. And uh, but you can also find combinations that are absolutely rubbish. But it's not part of the fun with those kind of games that mm-hmm. you have to experiment and figure out stuff. And uh, at some point, someone will make a guide, and you just follow that and win. <laughs> and I think that doing stuff like this, like where we were just talking about like oh i'd love to put this and this and this it starts to put things in perspective about when we think about rpg games and oh i wish they would have done this and i wish they would have done that Hmm. if we think back to this conversation we could think imagine that they probably had that conversation and they were like hold on one how would we code that (laughs) and two is it feasibly possible like how many different combinations can you possibly have that will still feel genuine and Hmm. impactful and relatable to what is going on within the game oh but no i'm loving this game so far uh so if any (laughs) any developers are listening uh we don't need royalties we just want the game and you played borderlands 2 right yeah so uh, i played i haven't finished it uh, but i've played through uh uh, i don't know the first 30 ish levels or something that i think ever since i played that game i want a character Always, that's like Tiny Tina. Oh no, I don't know who Tiny Tina is, I think. Uh, she's the one that's like, uh, she's big into explosives, but she's like a teenager. Uh, I think it's Tiny Tina. Now I have to Google, so sorry <laughs> if you can hear me typing. Uh, no, I have not met Tiny Tina yet. I see a So she's very in the beginning of Borderlands 2. Like, she's fairly in the beginning, and she likes explosives, but she's, like, a bit crazy. All grown like, up, she's... but still insane. Oh, yeah, I'm assuming that means that she's in uh, Borderlands 3. <laughs> but in the game, she was, like, this teenager slash younger girl, and she was really good with, like, explosives, and she loved blowing things up. But at the same time, she still had, like a tea set and her stuffed animals and she was making like inappropriate jokes like that people think are inappropriate for her age but if you've ever talked to like a teenager like and listen to them talk to their friends they're absolutely talking like that mm. uh, so i always love characters like that where like it's it's a kid or somebody and they're very skilled but they still have the quirks and the personality things that you would expect from a kid or somebody from that that area you know Mm. so this actually got me thinking so maybe we should talk about a little bit about tone of the game because is it like a quirky extremely over-the-top world like borderlands is a little bit more uh, serious and dark like diablo uh, where are we i, I feel like if there I is think a, we're somewhere in the middle yeah i was about to say i feel like we're a little bit in the middle if we have something like tiny tina um so we we can go in a, a little bit of a hilarious direction but we all but it's still grounded and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not serious. like over the top explosions or over the top jokes. It's more of like um, her character concept of a young individual that is very skilled in their craft, mm. but still has a bit of a wildness to them that represents some psychological issue <laughs> as well as a representation of their age with that psychological issue. Mm. Um, 
I guess if I were to ground it a little bit more, think about it almost like a Rain Man type character. Mm. Yeah. Like somebody that is like very good. Like you issue them, do this, 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 this. But if you do something else, then they're not going to respond or they're not going to do very well. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Add it to I the think list. that this might this might have to be like a, a two parter or a a six parter or <laughs> I hope that people are game developers are taking notes of all of our stuff right here. <laughs> we are taking notes, so if there are any game developers, you can contact us and we will give you set notes <laughs> if we want this game. Uh, maybe maybe we can get, uh, have a little cameo where we voice act a little side character somewhere. Uh because I know we're we're running out of time. We are running, running out, out of time. time. Yeah, um, but, but I mean, I think it, it's a good. We have a uh, we have a world right now, basically, uh, and a few characters that roam it. So, uh, but before we do, okay. before we end this, I think we should choose not necessarily the ending, but does the ending set up a sequel or does it end? I or the, is it open ended? The thing is, I feel like if the char- if the characters are good and fun and the story is good, then you can always make a sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't feel like it have necessarily have to be open ended. Or uh, I, I would just think a clean ending. Yeah, just the thing like Last of Us, for instance. The Last of Us is an amazing story. It ends. Uh, sure, it, it is open. It can continue afterwards, but the story has has run its course, and it's that story is done. Um, so, so I do. I I I, I like that because you know, maybe maybe this game is crap. Maybe nobody likes it. So I I, I would hate to you know have have you know set yeah. expectations for a sequel. I would rather have this as its own. Just think of this as as its own thing. If it's a hit, then we can always expand the universe later on and, and create a new story afterwards for a, a sequel. So, so. Yeah, so I put the chapter closes at mm. the end. Yeah. So like, what I mean by that is essentially the character's chapter closes at the end. I think that I like the idea, and I don't think enough games do this, where uh, the world is the persistent mm-hmm. in the sequels. Actually, like, you create the world, the environments, and instead of importing the characters that you had in the last game it's a brand new set of characters that still exist within the world whether the world has aged whether it's not like these other characters still exist there what could be cool and i'm taking a little bit of inspiration from borderlands here is that in borderlands 3 you play a, a, four diff- a whole new set of characters but the old characters that you used to be play, uh, playing in at least I'd, we haven't seen all of them yet but i have my suspicion that we might meet all of them um, mm-hmm. we're meeting characters that were playable in in borderlands 2 we're meeting them in borderlands 3 we're also meeting characters from from the telltale uh, borderlands game and stuff like that so how about that you can actually import your old characters, but it doesn't influence your current, your new characters in, in the sequel. Uh, you still build your own characters in the sequel, so you, you can start. But if you played the first one, you can import the, those choices that you made, if there are, if there are choices. We, we talked about we want the choices in there, right? Mm-hmm. So you can actually come upon those characters and meet them. You can't play with them, but you can interact with them or something. And obviously, if you made set choice, uh, if you made choice A, then obviously the character will talk from a perspective of that choice A. Or if the character made choice B, then obviously, you know, so on and so forth. 
That could so be the cool. only I don't think we've be seen cool that the, before. Hmm? Um, if we haven't seen it, the reason why is that immediately I was thinking of in the previous game there were choices. Yeah. Now, if you're looking to the future and thinking about future characters interacting with them in a different game, then you either have to choose um, less choices to be made in the first game in order to be able to create that game later. Otherwise, who knows the amount of possibilities that you might have to program into the mm. second game just because of like the character that you allowed them to do. Or you create a canonical uh, version of the character. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Rough. obviously, that there will be like a, either it's randomized or, or maybe it's a set thing. Because if you're a new player who haven't played the first one who comes into the sequel, then obviously mm-hmm. you should still be, um, you know, have the have the possibility to to have something going on there, right? You know, but mm-hmm. um, but I just think it could be cool that if you ran into run into that character that you used to play, that you know that. Um, mm-hmm. that choice that you made uh, doesn't even have to in my opinion doesn't really doesn't even have to impact the story of the sequel it just have to be maybe it's a random conversation thing or whatever uh, or maybe yeah. it does impact I don't know um, but I mean that's a sequel let's let's focus on one game first uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah because I was just thinking about it and I'm like Borderlands does it pretty easily because their characters are archetypes mm. Um, and they were able to like, it was like the first game, like the main character formed the group and everyone else falls into that, but there's still like those archetypes. And then the second game added those characters back. Um, but they were still within their roles that they played. Like, yeah, there's customization in the game, but it's just gameplay yeah. customization, not story customization. Yeah. Uh, so if anything, I hope that everybody out there enjoyed our little brainstorm idea <laughs> and that one maybe maybe you all could help us expand on it a little bit what would what would you put into your let's say it's a bare bones somebody said hey we want to make a game for you what is your idea for an rpg let us know um and you can let us know over on the website which is twonerdsmaybemore.com or you can email us let me restart that you can email us at two nerds, maybe more at gmail.com. Michael or- is so excited. He's so excited. He's stumbling <laughs> the upon The coffee is rolling through <laughs> me right now. Uh, or you can find us over on Twitter at two nerds, maybe more.com or blah, blah, blah. Two nerds, maybe more on Twitter with the number two. I think that that's telling me that it's time to go. Uh, Marty, do you have anything else? No, I think that's it. Uh, I really, have, I would really love to hear from people listening if you guys have ideas, uh, either if you if it's your own game idea or if you want to add to our idea, uh, or if you just love making games for fun. Then I mean, feel free to 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 use our ideas. They're out there. We would probably pay to you know get this game in the end. Yes, um, and who knows? We might come back and expand on it. Maybe uh, we'll discuss it off of the show and see what's going on there. But I think for now, I'm going to call it because I don't know what to say anymore, and (laughs) it's all starting to go crazy. You need more coffee, so let's head out. uh, (laughs) All right, so until next time, everybody, thank you all for coming out, and we will catch you in episode 11. Until then, take care, and and we'll see you later. It's time to get into the Spanish. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. 
Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.